Gospel according to St. Mark. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you. That's why it's going down and then up a little bit. So just bear with us on that. We think that's what's going on. Poor Lewis is back there having to, you know, <laughs> good, good job. All right, so Jesus is in the temple. There's lots of people. There's lots of energy. There's celebrities there. This, equivalent of celebrities back in those days. There's excitement and powerful people. It's the hub of energy. It's where, if you're anybody, you're going to be there in the great wonder of the world, Herodian temple. And people are coming and putting in large sums of money in the, in the coffers. And it's probably making a ton of noise. And you can just think about that Ooh, ah, oh. like at a sports game or something when something amazing happens. And then people's attention goes to other things because now there's just some ordinary folks, maybe some farmers and, and some widows coming in the line to put their money in. No one's even paying attention anymore. But Jesus is. Wait, wait. Did you guys see that? What? See what, Jesus? Did you see that widow? What about her? Did you see what she put in? Two, two little copper coins worth a penny. <laughs> And Jesus tells his disciples that she put in more than all those other people that their money rattled and rang out for all to see. Isn't it 
powerful on this All Saints Sunday, and we have text for All Saints Sunday and then text for this particular Sunday, and I, I went with the text for this Sunday because I wanted to hold up the widow as one of the great saints, one of the great people that we see and we admire, that encourage us, that we learn so much from. Isn't it amazing that Jesus celebrates someone so insignificant, someone that no one else noticed, a perfect person to hear about on All Saints Sunday. It reminds me that the gospel is kind of like that. Most of the world doesn't notice it. Ordinary words about an ordinary rabbi who lived 2,000 years ago, who taught people of the love of God, who gave sight to the blind. Yeah, there were some spectacular miracles. There were some amazing miracles. But um, Isaiah tells us that the suffering servant wasn't even somebody that we'd notice or see. In fact, we would even be offended by this one, that the gospel is like that, that the gospel, the world doesn't notice People totally missed it, and they still miss it today because they're looking at the spectacular, the flashy, the bells and whistles. Not ordinary stuff like words and bread and wine and, and a gathered people like we are of broken, sinful people brought together. But that is the way it works. That's the way the gospel works. God chose what is weak, foolish in the world's eyes to bring us the good news. So we celebrate on All Saints Sunday that that's <laughs> the way God works. So yeah, just keep bringing her down and up. Because <laughs> I'll get going and then I want to be really loud and it's going to be scary. <laughs> so... Let's look at this ordinary saint just real quick. Let's learn something from her. Why was it such a big deal what she gave? What she gave? Two copper penny coins worth a penny. First thing she teaches us about what we give, and certainly what we give financially, that we don't give to... Um, fulfill a church budget. We don't give so that this can happen or that can happen. That's certainly one reason why we give. But we give as an act of worship. She came and she gave all that she had to live on. Because it was her worship. And what we give, first and foremost, is an act of worship. That's the problem, of course, with our, with our new apps and our financial giving. Is that often, And we don't pass the plate right now. We'll start doing that again pretty soon. But um, maybe we should all get out our phones right at the offering time and, you know, and press send or whatever. You know, because giving is an act of worship. Otherwise, why would she give? It's too, what is that going to do? A penny, nothing, when it comes to the quantity, but the quality is what Jesus is after. So, Jesus celebrates her because she gave out of her lack, not out of her plenty. What do we learn from that? Well, when we give, whether it's our money or our time, it ought to hurt. I know we're in this COVID time and we're all kind of... <laughs> You know, 
but if what we're giving financially, we don't even miss it, we might be being too safe. How about our time? I mean, my goodness, we might have to not watch our Netflix show one more night of the week. You see, she gave out of her lack, and that's what Jesus said. She gave all that she had, she, and, and he, she, he celebrates her. No one noticed her. She's the model of discipleship, her two pennies. Maybe what she really teaches us is the motive is the all-important thing. That are we giving to God as an expression of a thank you for all God's given us and worship, or are we doing it for another reason? Well, that's a lot to take in on All Saints Sunday. We are inspired by many saints. And to be clear, when I say saints, although there's a rich tradition of saints in the church, I'm not talking about those famous people. I know there's a process in the church Catholic and going way back of canonizing certain saints who now have a special place. That's all well and good. Protestants typically reject that thinking because in the Bible, saints are not superhuman Christians. In the Bible, saints are people just like you and me. You see, saints are people that believe what we were told in Hebrews today, that Jesus appeared once for all at the end of ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for a person to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who eagerly are waiting for him." Saints are people that believe that, that Jesus was given for their sins and they are forgiven. They are made righteous and holy by the grace and mercy of God. And yes, then saints are people that eagerly await Christ finishing the job. Saints are not people who are so much more meritorious than you and I. Because really, all of our works are filthy rags. But the righteousness of Christ in which we are clothed makes us holy. So I can call you a saint today. You are a saint. I know it makes you uncomfortable. You'd much rather me say you're a sinner. And you are. But you're also a saint. You are a saint. Because God in Christ said so. God in Christ did so. He gave you all of his righteousness. You are made holy. That's what the Bible says. Yes, you're a sinner, but you are also a saint. Live with it. So we think of people who have gone before us, not because they're better than us, but because they, they are our heroes. And so All Saints Sunday, we do talk about heroes. We're going to have over 30 people who have joined the church triumphant during this COVID era. And we're going to remember them and give thanks for them. They are our heroes. It's good to have heroes. Last week, 
our confirmands got up and gave their faith statements, and I was so moved by them. All of them, and all of them thanked you, <laughs> like Jonathan said last week, for you are being saints to them and inspiring them. But I want to hold up one of those statements, Jillian, Carol Maddox's granddaughter, got up and, and gave her faith statement, and she talked about Jesus dying for our sins and then being raised that we might have a new life and that her grandma was so important for her in believing that, in trusting in that. What she didn't say is that last Sunday she had on one of Carol's sweaters. And evidently, often when she would come to church, even before Carol joined the church triumphant this past year, she would grab a shawl of Carol's or, you know, uh, or a sweater or something and, and wear it to church. Whose sweater are you wearing today? Whose sweater are you wearing today? Well, in truth, we wear the coat, the clothes of all the saints who have gone before us because they were witnesses to us of the grace of God. Going it alone is tough. God does not want us to do the journey of faith alone. Thanks be to God that we have the sweaters of many saints who are with us and right around us right now. I remember back in college, I struggled with lots of questions, and I remember one of the professors, thankfully a professor who had lots of questions, who also still was a person of faith, and said, Bill, the stuff you're struggling with is nothing different than what people have struggled with all throughout history. And it, it just kind of humbled me and said, yeah. And then I looked at other people, and they came out on the other side of whatever crisis of faith that I was going through. Well, that's what saints do for us. But thanks be to God, on this All Saints Sunday, I can look to you and say, you are a saint. We are clothed in the righteousness, not just of the, the help and the, the example of saints who have gone before us, but most of all, we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Live with that, saints. And maybe somebody will put on your sweater someday as well. Amen.